Welcome to the Gutsy Ladies Podcast. I'm your host, Bella Reynolds, and I'm a life coach on a mission to support midlife women to live their next chapters with ease, with clarity, and with confidence, to become a gutsy lady. A gutsy lady doesn't fade or shy away, and she doesn't use midlife as an excuse to live a life less fulfilled. She thinks, if not now, when? Until now, the story of midlife hasn't supported this vision for our lives, and it's time to talk about it. In this podcast, I share insights from my personal experience, as well as thoughts and lessons from thousands of hours of coaching. If you want to live your best life and are ready to do the work, then you are in the right place. Let's get started. So thanks again for joining me for the Gutsy Ladies podcast. And I want you to imagine that this little episode is more a little Gutsy Ladies pep talk because what I'm going to share about what I'm calling technology identity is something, as usual, that I've learned in my own life (laughs) that I'm going to share with you guys. But also, I really want you to listen up. If you're listening to this and you are completely in the midlife space and you may find yourself probably erring, um, second-guessing or even taking a side Um, road when it comes to technology. Because the thing that has really dawned on me, I mean, I have created a complete online business at the tender age of 55. So I've had to really upskill myself in technology. And what I've really noticed with my beautiful gutsy ladies is that they have all come in with various levels of technology capability, but more importantly, different technology identities. But once they come in and they feel like they've gone through the Kajabi platform, they've navigated a couple of meetups and they've really got more familiar with the technology we're using, not only do they feel a lot better in themselves about it, their confidence levels lift across every area of their life. And so inadvertently, some of their stuckness has actually been around using technology, um, various levels, of course, but it's a piece of the stuckness that without pushing themselves out of their comfort zone, they um, would actually, I think, um, would have been going even further backwards. And the reason for that is because technology is not negotiable. What I mean by that is actually using technology in our day-to-day life is no longer negotiable. And I was looking at, you know, there's so much stats that I could, you know, throw at you now, but the one that still sticks in my mind is this compounding, doubling effect of um, this computer speed and power, this exponential growth that I know you know what I'm talking about, we've all witnessed. And it's the fact that there's basically the speed and power of computers has been doubling every one and a half to two years since the late 60s, early 70s. Now that you can imagine in the earlier days, you know, doubling, doubling is not as ginormous, but because we've got this massive scale um, and technology infiltrating every single part of our life and then with the growth in AI, which has been in the back burner or being used by a lot of us in the last 20 years, by the way, but now that it's right to the fore, this exponential growth means that it is not something that we can hide away from. And then the other piece to this is that God willing, 
If you're in midwife right now, you have at least 20 to 30 years ahead of you. That's based on the stats of our life expectancy. So it's really not negotiable to work out what is going on with yourself around technology and how to build a really robust um, technology identity. So what I'm really going to talk about today is three things. Um, The first thing is three sneaky ways that you could be accidentally sabotaging your own tech identity. Then I'm going to talk about my theory on what I think is the biggest problem around tech identity for we midlifers. And then, of course, I'm going to leave you with some action items or something you can take away and start using yourself. I'm going to leave you with my number one habit that I've had to bring in. And God bless her, my Phoebe, who's my little millennial partner in crime in my business. She has assisted me to bring this habit in. And it's only a small habit as usual, but it has, when I say life-changing as a life coach, people can think, yeah, she says that about everything. But I believe it has been life-changing because my ability to navigate shifts in technology now or embrace them have just gone through the roof. And that's from this one simple habit, a really, really simple empowerment habit. Okay, three sneaky ways that you could be sabotaging your tech identity. And before I go into that, let's just, I'll explain what I mean by tech identity. I'm sure you're very familiar with all my work that at the end of the day, we are walking, talking nervous systems, and we all have multiple identities. And if you are wanting to get unstuck in midlife, one of the things you really need to be doing is addressing what identity is that you want to bring on and start bringing it in. And we do that around new beliefs and habits and thoughts. So your technology identity is how you describe yourself around technology after the words, I'm the sort of person who. So I don't often come across a lot of midlifers, particularly my grinding midlifers, who would describe themselves as incredibly capable around technology. More often than not, they will describe themselves as I'm the sort of person who really will do anything and run a mile than have a crack at some technology or is so frightened of messing it up or is really stupid around technology. Like they can be the statements they say about themselves. So number one, just start to listen about how you describe yourself around your techno- around technology because what comes out of your mouth is clues to your identity. So three sneaky ways that I think you can be sabotaging your tech identity and more importantly, because of sabotaging this, your capability will be diminishing. Number one, it's deferring to your children your partners, it may even be some well-meaning colleagues for IT support. What do I mean by that? Is you get to, you know, you might be, it may be online banking, for example, and there's a tricky little update that you're not quite familiar with. And I'm talking about you may, instead of trying to navigate that tricky little update, you may park it until your kids are available. They may be at home or they may be um, on arm's length. Anything like my children, anytime you ask them about the technology, there will be a massive eye roll, whether you're aware of it or not. <laughs> but you also may wait until your partner is home. And um, and this I find is a bit tricky too. If you've come into the midlife space and may have devoted so much of your time to rearing rearing children and maybe not have kept up with technology because you've been out of the workforce. So that can be really interesting. 
So what I'm going to say here is probably not something you really want to hear, but what I notice is if you are deferring any of your um, IT, you know, if you're using your kids or your partner or even colleagues as your default IT department without trying to have a crack yourself first, then your capability around technology will be diminishing because you'll just be used to getting them to help you sort it out. And I'm not saying it's not good to ask for for help, but one thing I've learned is the more confidence grows with technology because you make yourself go and work stuff out yourself. So instead of it being 100%, you might start to say, well, you know, 20% of the time I'll have a crack myself and then I'll 80% of the time ask others first. But if you can find a way when you come to a speed bump or a brick wall around technology, if you can find a way to work out how to clean it up yourself, I promise you, you will feel a hell of a lot better about your identity around it. Second thing is a huge one, and that is about fear of making a mistake. If I get onto the platform, if I go in and change some of the settings, I'm going to break it. No, (laughs) I've done some really crazy, weird, silly, potentially things in my life around technology. And in recent times, I am yet to come across something that was not reversible. And that little back arrow that comes in on a lot of the um, copywriting things that you do, that's so invaluable, right? You just go back to the last version. But also if you're navigating around a new platform, for example, you you really can't go wrong. You just tap and click and, and proceed, tap and click and proceed. What feels right? Oh, that's a dead end. Go back. Thinking about technology in that way is as an exploration and an adventure. I mean, even thinking about technology as an adventure in your identity will increase your levels of curiosity and I promise you will increase your levels of confidence. Because you've got to remember that so much of this technology has been developed really to make life easier for us. Yeah, I know we can go down a whole rabbit hole of conversation about social media being too easy and having issues with dopamine receptors in our minds and our young children. Absolutely. This is not what this is about. This is about you feeling as capable as possible around technology so that you can explore infinite possibilities in your midlife and beyond. Now, the third one is a sneaky, tricky little thing. And I haven't come across this too much, but when I have, it's been an interesting thing. And it's around what I call technology snobbery. And what I describe as technology snobbery is people that are inadvertently sabotaging their access to technology because, oh, I'm just an outdoorsy person. Oh, I don't really believe in technology. I, you know, I just, I think there's just too much of it in the world and I'm choosing to not navigate it. Well, I'm really sorry if that is you in the midlife space, maybe if you've only got five years left on the planet and go and want to go and be in a corner of the wilderness somewhere and completely go off grid, well, great. But if you want, if you want to explore things in this midlife space and therefore beyond, I just personally believe that technology is just a massive part and 
and embracing technology is a massive part of enabling so many possibilities for you. And you get to pick and choose what they are. I'm not saying you have to take on every technology that's made available to you. But I think when I'm really coming from a place of are you accidentally keeping yourself stuck in some part of your life because you won't embrace some technology that is around that area? Okay, so now on to my theory. This is what I honestly think is the biggest issue, particularly for women who I would probably describe as multitasking queens. We, um, so I'm 56 years of age, got to remember that, <laughs> 56 years of age. So I'm talking about women that have basically right now would be between the age bracket of 50, maybe late 40s, right through to 60s, 65, 70, 75, the client who's 75 should be in this space too, who grew up um, in the schooling system where we were given a lot of verbal cues. So, you know, you got instructions from a teacher about what to do. And if you wanted to ask about, um, you know, have a question, you verbally wanted to ask. And so, you know, there's two pieces to this multitasking thing. Number one is that because of that school upbringing, I think one of the biggest problems we have is that when we get stuck in technology and we grew up in that area of wanting to ask someone about it, at the very least, we want a helpline. We want to be able to get on the computer and ring, I'm sorry, get off the computer and go and ring someone and just wait and then talk it through with someone. And if we can't do that, because we are such multitasking queens, we have been so used to doing three or four tasks. It may be that we were folding the washing while the dinner was actually on the um, stove. We may have been actually on a phone call with someone and the kids may have been put in a corner somewhere knowing that they were actually already doing some tasks and may have been doing some art tasks or at any one time we'll have multiple things going. So if we had to stop and actually concentrate on just one thing for one moment, for me personally, I noticed it was, I felt like it's having a spoke put in a really fast moving wheel. It really, really irked me. So if I came across something with technology that I couldn't just get on the helpline and be able to um, wait on that helpline and continue to do a million tasks around me, then I simply balked at it and I didn't do it. And that is because what is really being asked of us now in this technology space is to stop, work out what's going on, and then you can get on with your day. Now, I hope I'm describing that well. And I've really honed in, have an eye on multitasking if you've been a mother. I don't think if you've been a mother, it actually is only you. Because if you are someone that wasn't in that space, I bet you got used to doing massive levels of multitasking and, and we grew up in an era that we did not know that multitasking is a major distraction for our brain. You could have been um, in a role in a business where at any one time you are um, being you know, asked to do this in the, in the business and they're doing something like that and you'll be um, typing away at something and you'll have a phone on hold. So it really is this whole identity around being able to do multiple things at once. 
And so that's where I find we midlifers can get trapped with technology because when I share the next habit or my new habit, which is allowing me to embrace technology better, it has required me to completely stop. If I've come across an issue and I may have a million things on my plate for the day and tasks that I said I've got to get done, I have simply had to give myself the space to stop which is in essence pausing, reflecting, and responding. I pretty much raced into that. So this is what I'm about to share with you is the way that I've antidoted that old identity around being the multi-level multitasker. You know, I was someone who could be having, and I noticed myself when I'm doing some online learning recently, um, I'm being asked to just sit and watch a video well, of course, I will be checking my WhatsApp. I may be sneakily completing an email. I might be checking what else has got to get done for the day. And it's it's just not helpful in the tech space. So this habit that I've developed, and Phoebe <laughs> has helped me a lot around this, um, also because of what she's no, noticed. And if her beautiful mum is listening to this podcast, she knows what I'm talking about, um, that I've managed to copy what I know Phoebe and the youngies do when they come across a snag in technology. They literally stop, which is a pause. They reflect and they don't even realise they're doing this. And then the response, nine out of 10 times, probably 10 out of 10, get on YouTube and work it out. So what's an example of this? I'm trying to work out a spreadsheet and trying to update my statement of position spreadsheet, and I'm trying to work out a shortcut. Now, honestly, my preference would be to just pick up the phone and ask someone, how do I do this? Because that's what I'm used to, right? That's That was my old mode of learning. But what I now know is if I'm trying to find a shortcut like that, I will literally go to my other screen, I will go into the um, Google you know, area, and um, ask, how do I create a shortcut on this on the spreadsheet? And up will come a plethora of videos on YouTube. So I am pausing from the task that I have at hand, which is completing the um, statement of position, which me being me means that there's a whole raft of other tasks in my day that get um, banked up or potentially get, get banked up. But I now know that if I pause take the time to address this new little piece of technology I'm wanting to bring in. And it can take, you know, it's requiring me to watch the video and then do it. It may take 10, max 15 minutes. Now, some of you youngies listening to this go, really? You could do about five. No, not we midlife brains. No, we need that 10 to 15 minutes. But now that I know that that is what it's going to take, but the reward for it, means that I never have to come up to that block again, means that I've learned something new on my spreadsheets, means that I can actually move forward and never have to address this again. That reward is now much more valuable than plowing ahead and not knowing what to do. Worse, wasting time without knowing what that shortcut is. So that's a really specific example, for example. What I've noticed with my gutsy ladies is that those who have started to bring this in will say there's something on the platform that they're not quite sure about. They will pause 
remember to themselves that I am proficient with technology. This is just something that's helping me to grow my capability in technology. And then Google it. How do I solve this? How do I solve this? Now, if you do that and you're still not sure how to change it or fix it, then get on your probably family or um, partner-led, and maybe not your partner, by the way. You may be more tech-savvy than your partner, and they may be doing this for you. But really, at the end of the day, what my key message here is that there is so many answers out there at your fingertips on how to help you to navigate technology. Yes, ironically, it's using technology to help us address technology. But that's this incredible gift that this technology has for us. And I suppose at the end of the day, if you've resonated with what I'm talking about, that inadvertently you're holding yourself back with the beliefs and identity you have around technology, what is the worst thing that can happen if you just try this little habit? Just try it for a week. Yep, you've got to do a minimum of seven days, please. Anytime some piece of technology comes up that you're unfamiliar with that normally you would have erred at or rung your kids about or tried to find some other way other than pausing, reflecting, maybe Googling and then responding straight away to work out how to fix it yourself, try that for a week and see where it gets you. And message me. I'd love to know. Because as I said, at the end of the day, this is all about empowerment. And if you start to build your confidence in this area of your life, I promise you it is this magical potion that gets to work across your whole life. You will build confidence in other areas of your life. How can that be a bad thing? Thanks for listening to another episode of the Gutsy Ladies podcast. If you haven't already, I'd love you to subscribe and send this episode to a friend who just may need a little reminder that she's a gutsy lady too. See you next week.